Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. And I have two very dear friends with me today. We are going to have a very dynamic conversation with a very dynamic duo. So Jessica Prophet is a chaplain with the U.S. Air Force. She brought me in to speak to military spouses in Anchorage, Alaska, uh, Charlie and I both uh, a couple years ago, and we enjoyed it so much. And just her passion for ministry and for marriage is just truly inspiring. And her husband, Lee Prophet, is a former pastor and a full-time father extraordinaire. And together, they are the parents of two very sweet, energetic boys. Now, I asked them to fill in the two adjectives as to how they would describe their boys. And um, there was some debate, but we came up with sweet and energetic. <laughs> what was it? Sweet, energetic pains in the butt? Is that what it was? Yes, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> and anyone who has parented boys knows exactly what you were referring to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so welcome, guys. Uh, you are trailblazers in one right of reversing the gender roles. But as we have discussed, this is really becoming quite the trend, for lack of a better word, that more and more families are choosing this route. And I remember you telling me in a recent conversation that you felt as if this was just the most ideal scenario for your marriage and your family. Tell me why. This wasn't so much something that we chose, but we fell into to these um, role reversals, if you will, where I'm the active duty um, breadwinner and Lee stays home with our boys. Um, but as we were talking about the show, we kind of realized had we tried to force the opposite where I would take the more traditional role of staying home and, and Lee would be the one uh, pursuing a career. Um, frankly, we think it would have just uh, really been a hard thing for us to overcome. We think it would have created more resentment because uh, we're finding that the roles we're in we both feel pretty natural in, um, and they seem to be fitting and working for our family. And I think um, as we've supported each other in that, we've come to really embrace it and be grateful that um, we have the opportunity to do this and to kind of live into kind of the gifts and the talents that God has given both of us uh, uniquely, even though that they, they aren't necessarily uh, typical. So what do you think, babe? Uh, in essence, I wasn't able to hold down a job. <laughs> uh, truthfully, around that, I had a difficult time really finding where I could land as far as um, I had a passion for ministry, um, and I thought youth pastoring. Um, I did that for a while. Um, pastoring a church, I did that for a while as well. And while I'm not saying I was a failure by any means, it was just not uh, ever seemed to be good, good fit. And um, so when this opportunity came along and something that I knew she would be a rock star at doing, mm -hmm. and she was already doing part-time in the reserves anyway, when the active duty role came about, and we both decided I was raised with my mom staying at home, um, and that was also something that she wanted. So one parent staying home and the other going and building a career. And it just came about. Uh, and I think it was the right thing. Yeah, when I was thinking about couples that 
that have chosen this path or stumbled upon it, which however they wound up there, you guys totally came to mind as someone who is doing it well. Did you wrestle with feelings of of any sort of uh, inadequacy or anything? Or did you just totally catch the vision that this is what you wanted to do? Okay, I would say on from the right when we on the same day got calls, I was up for a job at a, at a church as a full-time pastor and would have been a much larger church and a big jump in career and she was pursuing so we were pursuing two things at the same time to see which one came about and on the same day i got the call saying you're our second choice so no and she got the call within hours later we would like you to come on to active duty and pursue that so i remember very callously coming in and saying to her, well, I guess we're doing your thing and walking out of the room. Oh, as if she won and you had somehow lost. Sure. And that was my first reaction. I realized that that was uh, ill-advised and uh, just not, just not productive. And I kind of had to just deal with it for a minute, but ultimately I really feel like I fell into the role um, pretty well once I truly understood what I needed to be doing. And she can probably speak more to that. Um, now, was this before y'all had kids yet or no? We had one. We had Ian, one. Ian was about eight months old mm -hmm. when we got that phone call. Um, so we knew at the time, you know, neither one of us had really created any kind of a stable job situation yet. Um, and so with, with having an eight month old, we were pretty anxious about what the future for our family was going to look like. And so we knew that we needed to pr pursue something. And so we were both kind of, um, pursuing things that we would like to do and felt calls to, um, but also at the same time, just the way timing was working out, um, we knew we were going to either have to make a choice one way or the other. Um, or that choice was going to be made for us. And I think, um, you know, fortunately, we didn't have to make that choice. Um, it was made for us. Um, but I think over time, you know, he and I have engaged about this a number of times because I was anxious about it. I was anxious about taking the role of primary uh, breadwinner, and I was anxious about what that would mean for him. And so I would ask him pretty regularly, how are you doing? Are you okay with this? And over time, he started to be like, you know what, I think we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing um, and would, would just kind of affirm what kind of where we had landed and which gave me a whole lot of peace about what I was doing, what we were doing and the direction our family was going in. Well, and knowingly, like I do in watching him interact with the boys, I can completely see that this was a role that he was born for, for lack of a better expression. And Jessica, I also see how you really excel in your role as a chaplain in the military, but I do have to ask you the question that is probably going through a lot of women's minds is, did you have a hard time relinquishing the full-time stay-at-home mom role? Because a lot of women do grow up, you know, like that, that's kind of the dream, but dreams evolve and dreams change as we evolve as people. So how did that look for you? Yeah, so... 
like we said, our, our oldest was eight months old um, when we found out that uh, we would be joining the military and that I was going to become an active duty chaplain. Um, and I started my job about a month after he turned one. And so there was some separation anxiety for sure, because I had been a stay at home mom uh, up until then. Um, so having to wean him off of nursing at that time and um, kind of relinquish his care over to Lee when I had been the primary caretaker, um, that was hard. Uh, that wasn't easy. <laughs> um, but when he started kind of picking it up and doing so well, and I think especially coming home and just seeing how he and Ian had been bonding, um, you know, the more I saw of that, the easier it was to kind of let go of what was happening at home, trusting that he had everything under control and to be able to focus at work. And then um, a year later, when our second son came along, um, you know, I had, I was in a situation where I had maternity leave, but then I had to go back to work and leave my newborn at home. <laughs> and um, there was just, and it, it was difficult. Um, I was, I was anxious, but I think after the first, you know, first of all, he had taken such a role when both boys had come home from the hospital. Um, he was not hands off at all. He very much jumped in there, um, was involved with everything. And so it was more, I think some of it was more my mommy guilt than it was a fear of the kids not being in good hands. Uh -huh. um, so I think there was, it, it was something that I had to own and say, okay, I have to deal with this because he's doing a phenomenal job as a dad and I need to just let him be dad. Um, now, when it came to some of the things around the house getting done, <laughs> those were where I really had to let go and be like, all right, he's not going to do some of those things on my time frame but it's not my time frame that matters. He's the one at home managing things and I need to just let him do that. So yeah, um, I, I think totally it was imagine how when, uh, or if, if a husband walked in the door and was like, well, why haven't you done this yet? And this, that, and this, that, that, that would not go over well. And not, there would <laughs> not be very much intimacy beyond that point. So I'm sure that you recognize very early on that that would not be a strategy that would work well for your intimate life, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, just realizing if I want him to continue to like me, I should probably lay off. <laughs> However, to be fair, there was a, a time early on where I found myself mostly concentrating on, okay, is the boy alive? Is he engaged, fed, changed, had a nap? And nothing else was getting done. And I was watching a lot of TV and I'll be completely honest with you about that. And I just realized very quickly one time when she came home and she said, what's for dinner? I said, I don't know. Like, what do you think? And that was not the right answer. <laughs> and I completely under, I completely get and want to understand we had a, um, a heart to heart on that one. And so, like I said, it was more owning the role of, okay, what do I need to be doing? It's beyond just, is the kid taken care of? I had already done the finances already. That was my uh, part of my household role. And I did a decent amount of the cleaning already um, for the most part, but everything else, laundry, cooking, planning meals, doing all that kind of stuff. I just, I, yeah, I had to, I had to just own, okay, I'm going to figure out how I can do this and, and now I really enjoy that part of it, uh, but I was just not 
it was not something that was a priority in my life when I was a single man and also was not, it, it needed to be something that was a priority for, for us as a family. And so I know it's not all about having everything clean all the time and everything perfect all the time. It was more about, have you given this thought? Have you prepared for this? And then as, of course, as the, as the boys got older and started going to school, I had to keep a calendar. I had to make sure that their work was done. Uh, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And so teacher meetings and right. Yeah, all of, all of that stuff. And as well as, as you know, our, our younger son has special needs. So there was a lot of forms. There, there's a lot of surveys. There's a lot of things to set up for him. And so growing into that, it was not natural. I don't know if it's natural. I think it's an assumption that women is natural all the time. I don't think it is. I think you have to, every person, human being has to learn what it takes to manage a household. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, you know, stereotypical trope that the women just automatically great at it. And the, you know, dudes are not or vice versa. And, and it's, everybody has to learn it. So that's what it took for, for me. And we had to figure that out as a couple. Well, I love how you are really putting a spotlight on the importance of this support role. Like, there's a lot of, of you know, weight that goes into, yeah, like you said, not just the kids, not just making sure the kids are alive and fed, but the household, the, the meals, the cooking, the laundry. Um, so I'm sure that all the women listening and all the men who are listening, who are in the role that you're in are like, yes, this is, it is certainly worth taking the time to say, look at what a significant role this is. And when it's done well, the family functions well. When it's not done so well, the family doesn't function so well. So Lee, you mentioned that you had kind of an epiphany that something needed to change, that you needed to be more anticipatory of family needs. Uh, talk to me about, well, was it, was it just what Jessica had said in that one day coming home asking what was for dinner or, or was this a revelation that happened over time? Yes and yes. We, we had with, with me sometimes for me to change something, I have to get bonked on the side of the head. <laughs> she metaphorically speaking, bonked me on the side of the head with that particular interaction. Mm -hmm. But as I began thinking about it and as we learned together, what are the things I need to do? Um, and I'm not a natural self motivator all the time. So when I don't have a schedule in front of me, something right in front of me, I have to do thinking about what do I need to do for the day? And then like many of us, I will choose sometimes what is the easiest, most lazy thing to do, right? So having to learn how to do that and, and be a self-starter around the house, let's look around what can I be doing? And again, it's not all about production. It's not all about being perfect. But for example, I like having as closely as I can to when she comes home, having dinner pretty much ready. A lot of it has to do with my self-preservation because she gets super hangry. <laughs> but also I, I like to have that done because I want her to feel confident in that when she comes home, if she is feeling peckish and just ready to, you know, it's going to be there. There's a plan and it takes something off her plate. Uh, so it's not, it's not just about, it's not just about it being perfect or it being 
um, you know, done exactly the way either she wants it or I want it or anything like that. It's just done because I know that it's something that she needs to be able to do her day better. It's one less thing that she has to think about. Mm -hmm. Well, and I do know that you have excelled at so much of it because I've witnessed it. I've stayed in y'all's home. I've had your sweet potato pancakes. Oh my gosh. Like I've never cooked anything that tasted that good. <laughs> keep, keep in mind that was many years of not so great <laughs> meals. Oh, uh, that was you perfecting it? I have, I have uh, watched a lot of Food Network. <laughs> well, so some of that television watching was for the benefit of the family. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay, so now I have to venture into the obvious. Since the podcast is called Sexual Confidence on Tap, I want to ask, in the earlier season, when you hadn't hit your stride just yet, Lee, and in the earlier season where... Maybe it was harder for you to walk out the door, Jessica, and leave these two baby boys at home and not, you know, not have any control over what happened while you were gone. What kind of impact did that have on y'all's intimacy life? Did it bring new challenges? Yeah, well, I think anytime you add kids to the mix, you're going to have challenges regardless of what's happening with the rest of the household, you know, work aside. So just having to navigate how to find that time to connect um, when you have two little ones at home is hard in and of itself. Then you add on the fact that, you know, one of us is putting in a full work day and then some um, part of my job requires me to be on call. So there were many nights where I was sleeping with the on-call phone, you know, on my nightstand um, and didn't know if I was going to get a call in the middle of the night. So, you know, when you, when you add that stuff up, it absolutely does affect it. Um, and I think over time we've had to figure out how do we, how are we intentional about carving out that time to connect and to, and to um, spend some quality time with one another, um, intimately, sexually, however, you know, a lot of times it's, well, what do we have energy for <laughs> and what do we have the mental bandwidth for right now? Mm -hmm. um, but the intentionality piece of it for sure is, is absolutely necessary. So when the intentionality blossomed and, and really developed, did that increase your desire for Lee? That if you, as you trusted him more and more in the managing of the household and the boys, did it cause your sexual fire to burn a little bit brighter? Absolutely. I think um, when, because I think it created more stability within the house. So there was less chaos. So there's less, I was worrying about, you know, what are we going to, you know, what, what fires are we going to have to manage at the house? Um, you know, is dinner ready or is that something we're going to have to, you know, call an audible on and figure out. Um, but also, like he said, he's always managed our finances. Um, when we found out that our youngest is special needs, um, him taking uh, ownership of that and doing all the insurance and therapies and all that kind of stuff so that I didn't have to, um, you know, I think you, the gratitude quotient goes through the roof mm -hmm. and it absolutely, you know, just makes you so appreciate, um, not just, you know, not just him as a dad, but your partner and, and your lover and all the things that he's able to bring to the table. And it, it certainly does, uh, it, it doesn't hurt that area for sure. Mm -hmm. So. I'm going to put a question back in your court, Lee. I know that the stay-at-home parent will often, at the end of the day, feel as if, 
I've had kids around my ankles all day. I've had them climbing all over me. I've been wiping up, spit up and changing diapers. The last thing I want to do right now is be touched. Did you ever have any of those kinds of feelings when you were at home with the boys all day, every day, and then just needed something from you sexually? Yes, uh, it was. Um, and sometimes still is to some degree. Um, but I, uh, there's a couple of things that I've learned about myself and things that, that where I realized that I was unhealthy, uh, literally unhealthy, and that over the last couple of years, I've been uh, going through um, you know, doing a lot more hitting the gym, a lot more taking care of myself, eating better, things of that nature as men get older, things we need to do to stay healthy and vibrant. And, um, but also I, I had to realize that, uh, there was a mentality for me that I had to get out of, which was, okay, I need to get everybody else in bed for the night and then I can like have my time. Well, I found that what that was doing was just rushing, not just getting the kids down, but then like, okay, can you go to bed now? Because now I can have my me time and whatever that entailed. And, um, usually meant nine plus o'clock and then I would stay up too late and all of those kinds of things. It was just a vicious cycle there. And so getting out of that and getting into a mentality more of wanting to invite her into the things that we can do together, I don't necessarily need that. That was an unhealthy uh, 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 seeking of unhealthy habits rather than better ones. Now I, I can still get back into that. I think that there's been times, especially during this transition where I started to get back into that. Uh, of our move because it's a safe space for me, but it's not, it's not healthy. And so um, she has to once again, metaphorically knock me up beside the head every now and again to remind me that, that there are other things that are important. So yes, it, it did. And of course, now that the kids are uh, when they're in school and of course over COVID, we didn't have, we, we did have a break in that, but now that they're back in school, and I have time during the day to kind of order things and get stuff. It, it, it helps, um, it helps get me ready for then she and I spending time together once the kids are in bed. Lee, remind me of the two of you, you're definitely the more introverted, correct? Yes. So how do you get your need met for alone time when you're with the boys all day and then Jess wants to be with you at night have you just figured out a different way to carve out some Lee time? I think I've just tried as best I can to reframe what I mean by me time. Uh, there's the unhealthy me time, which is the, uh, after everyone's gone to bed, vegging in front of the TV till 2 a.m. and then not getting enough sleep and it is a vicious cycle in that realm. The healthy part of it is I can maybe disappear into my headphones for an hour uh, as long as the kids are settled or what have you. And maybe she's doing something else during the day or something like that. Um, I can uh, just make sure that I'm meeting my, if I can go hit the gym or if I can go for a walk or something, just getting myself, just having a little bit of time to um, be in my head which I know some people might think that's a bad thing. Uh, you get too much in your head, but I need that head space for lack of a better. It's just a time for me to just 
think? What are you thinking about? Well, I'm just, may, I, I may literally be thinking about nothing, but I need to do that. But that's how an and introvert then, recharges their batteries. Right. And, and then I'm just, uh, I'm ready to suspend time. Again, I'm not always successful at that, but it is a goal so that um, we can be a team in this and we can also have time for intimacy. I've learned, I've learned a lot from you, Shannon, as well as from her spending time uh, working with you on what those things look like and how they can be effective in our partnership. Mm -hmm. I know that you've grown by leaps and bounds over the past several years. And Jess is just really saying your praises for all the ways that you have blossomed and become far more disciplined in the structure and just how well the household runs and how the boys are just totally thriving. So now I have to ask this question. When a couple goes through a role reversal from the stereotypical societal roles, does that also equate to a role reversal when it comes to sexual pursuit or does it throw you off your game at all? Because I think that historically men are seen as the, the income earners and the sexual pursuers. When those roles reverse within the household, does it change the, the trajectory of the sexual energy? You know, I don't know if it had anything to do with the role reversal because uh, the first couple of years, we, we were never burning up the sheets. Uh, <laughs> to use a, a tawdry phrase, but um, there were times where, and I even asked her one time, I think I asked you, do you even like sex? Mm -hmm. Because it, it was, I don't, it just wasn't, it, we, we were still early enough in the marriage. We were still trying to figure all that out. And then when, when she started working with you, and started reading some of the books and things, suddenly I realized that I didn't want it as much as I thought I did, or was she became the pursuer. And I had nothing to do with the role for so I don't think. I think it was that she started to realize and become more healthy in that way. And I realized I was more dysfunctional than I thought I was. So uh, would you became, say that's true? So she became the higher desire partner and you became the lower desire partner just by default? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think some of it did have to do with the fact that you know, while I had some things that I had to work through um, for my own sexual health, I think part of what added to that was I was thriving at work. And so, and I also realized that as I got healthier in the intimate part of my life, I also like work was, was, was getting um, better as well. Um, I, I was thriving more at work. And which meant when I came home, it was like, I had a great day at work. I feel like I did good things. Um, and just wanting to be with Lee partly in celebration of that, to share that with him because I'm able to do it because of what he's doing at the house. I'm launching every day from a very stable launching pad um, and a very safe space. Um, so to come home to that and to hopefully bring some of that to him was something you know, that honestly, I don't know if I've ever articulated it like that until now, but I think that was part of it. Um, and so in that, I think we did realize in that the, the desires certainly shifted. Um, some, and I think for me, some of it was the role reversal. Some of it was also working through some of my own personal issues 
um, that were holding me back in that space. So it was both and, I think. What I think was a challenge for me was that sometimes because my role allowed me for free time during the day, especially when the kids were at school, and I had to be that self-starter, that on the times when I wasn't a self-starter and maybe I was dealing with some um, depressive times or whatever you might call that, um, it, it, it allowed me to be mopey and had nothing to do with the fact that, uh, that this was my role. It was just because I was in that role. I was, no, I was not challenged by these outside factors like she might have when it comes to the job. And so when she came home and she might be all excited about what happened during her day, I was just excited for the day to end. <laughs> and, and it was just, the connectivity wasn't there. And um, so I've also pursued through counseling and other ways to, to try to be more healthy in, in that way so that that doesn't happen. Well, I just so appreciate your vulnerability because I think you're singing the song out loud that so many stay at home parents have in their heads of it is really hard to shift gears from being caretaker of little children to, you know, sexual vixen or sexual stud with an adult partner, it, that, that transition back and forth can be really discombobulating. Whereas when you're working with adults all day, going home and continuing to be an adult doesn't seem like such a big stretch. So mm -hmm. I have loved, Jessica, hearing you talk about both today and throughout the years that we've known each other, talk about what a strong foundation that Lee has laid that you guys are able to build on as a family and as a couple, but also that you're able to build your career on because you know that if you were totally distracted while you're at work about how are the boys and are they being fed and are they getting to school on time? And like, he just frees up so much of your bandwidth to focus Absolutely. on your, on your responsibilities. So I think that the main takeaway that I want everybody to get from this is that it really genuinely takes two unique roles to make a family work and that when we each take those roles very seriously, it can function really well together, but sometimes that may require some, some self-examination. Sometimes it may require some self-discipline that may not come natural. But uh, what kind of advice do you have for the couple? Maybe it's that they've reversed roles or maybe it's that they both have to work outside the home because let's be real, this, what you, the life that you guys are living is a luxury that many couples can't afford. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so what kind of advice do you have for couples who either the roles are reversed or they're both working outside the home? How do they keep love alive? How do they keep their marriage bed as hot as they possibly can? Well, I, I was going to say, and I'm glad you said that, Shannon, that my my admiration for family, there's a lot of families where both spouses work. And this, this is a choice that we made, not because we think there's something wrong with that. It's just it's just the choice we made. Um, and it's the right one for us. And I can't imagine if we were both trying to build careers where things would be, I think we would make it work. Um, as far as how we keep how we personally keep things. I think for me, uh, as I've mentioned before, it's about being, it's, it's about trying to make sure that I'm as emotionally healthy and, 
that I have a counseling relationship with someone that, that I'm able to talk through things, not keep things bottled up. That's, that's my biggest challenge when I'm more healthy then I'm also more sexually available as well as, you know, um, that it becomes more of a priority, um, because I'm able to express that when I'm not keeping my, keeping everything inside. Um, what about you? I think the best advice I have is know thyself. I think we've got this common myth that it's 50, 50 and the reality is it's, it should be a hundred percent and a hundred percent. Um, nobody's going to complete you. You've got to look to find what, what areas in your own soul and your own heart that you need to tend to. Um, and hopefully your, your partner's doing the same thing and you can help each other in that journey and then create something beautiful out of that. But if you're relying on a partner to fill those voids, um, it's, it's just not going to go well. So I think knowing what you bring to the table, knowing what your gifts are, knowing um, what your hopes and dreams for the future are and communicating with your partner and then collaborating on how you guys can meet um, those goals together is, I think, is key. But you've got to know yourself first before, um, before you can enter into that partnership. Mm-hmm. And know and the say, value. Oh, go ahead, Lee. I'll just say, you got to learn how to cook because she thinks my spatula is sexy. <laughs> and I would agree. It's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> I would agree. A home-cooked meal is a great aphrodisiac, especially if you've worked a long, hard day. Uh, I, I totally love that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you one more piece of advice just because I know that the two of you are full of it. Good advice, that is. Well, we are um, full of it. <laughs> <laughs> for, for couples who have little kids at home, your kids are now ages what and what? Five and seven. Five and seven. So this is kind of the thick of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like you can't just put them down in their crib and trust that they're going to nap for two whole hours and let you have quality alone time. They're in school, all kinds of responsibilities after they get home from school. Uh, you know, you're pulled in a million different directions with kids under the age of 10, or really uh, until they start driving, you're, you're kind of pulled in a million different directions. How do you guys prioritize marital intimacy in spite of the fact that you have two energetic, sweet little boys running around? <laughs> well, I think first and foremost, again, going back to, you've got to be intentional about carving out that time right now with my schedule. Um, because I'll, I'll work weekends sometimes, I'll get a day off during the week, which is great because the boys are in school. So I can be home during the day um, and we can take advantage of that time. Um, and that takes I'll, intentionality, I'm sure. And that take yes, and that takes some intentionality. <laughs> this time is for sex. It's not for cleaning. It's not for shopping. It's not for watching TV. It's, it's our time. It's our time, mm-hmm. yes. And then um also you know one of the challenges we're having to figure out now is just community we just moved like you said from anchorage alaska to wyoming um and we had a great community in alaska where there would be times where we could you know ask friends of ours to to watch the boys or um we had made connections with babysitters and we would prioritize date nights um so i think building a community that will support you um and that you can trust so um so that your kids can be somewhere fun and you can go out and have your own fun. Um, and realizing that the time that we invest in each other is actually is going to benefit them. 
Yeah. Um, the kids much need the social effect. time as much as you need the sexy time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lee, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, it's, I, I can't improve on that um, other than it's just trying to carve out the time as best you can. Um, understand that doors do lock and you can lo lock them while they're watching a movie or something. <laughs> so sometimes you just got to, uh, also that's, that, a, that a quickie is fine. Yes. And uh, if, if you know you got 15 minutes, you know. Go for it. That's exactly. right. Yeah, yeah. We used to tell our kids, um, unless there's blood or vomit, do not knock. <laughs> yeah. and, and if you do and there's not blood or vomit don't be surprised if you don't get an answer <laughs> i like to say unless it's bleeding broken or blue leave us alone <laughs> oh, there you go i like that bleeding broken or blue um but i also think that it's healthy for kids to see that the same way that they like to have daddy all to themselves the same way they like to have mommy all to themselves mommy and daddy sometimes like to have each other all to themselves without <laughs> mm -hmm. the involvement of children. I think that gives them a sense of security and stability that is pretty priceless. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for just being willing to lay your personal lives out on the line. I know that it's been quite the journey and I am so proud of just the wide open lines of communication that you guys have created, the intentionality that encircles your sex life and your marital intimacy and your boys are amazing. Your family is amazing. The ministry that you guys have is amazing. I just think that you're one of the most beloved couples in our lives. And I speak for both Charlie and I, because you've hosted us both in your home and made us feel incredibly welcome. And we would agree your spatula is oh so sexy, especially when it's <laughs> flipping those sweet potato pancakes. <laughs> so I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and Friends. If you would like to chime in on this conversation, send us an email at ontap at shannonethridge.com or if you want to chime into the conversation verbally vocally you can call 321-30 on tap we love you for listening and we thank you for tapping on us <laughs> <laughs>